Do you comfort a lot of people on the night before their wedding? Why would you need comforting? I nearly died. I was alone in the dark and I nearly died. And it made me think. Well, yes, natural, I think sometimes, well, lots of times. About what I want. About who I want. I've been thinking hard, doctor. Trying to keep my eyes shut for so long. And now your future has gone, baby. Come on, I mean it. Come on. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Oodcast. This is the ninth, isn't it? 
It is the ninth of this season, anyway. Um, uh, My name is Chris Alpha, and I'm joined this week by um, Andrew. Hello. uh, Chris Sigma. Hello, everyone. And lovely Laura. Hello. You're always so sensual when you do that, Laura. Hello. I'm, I'm, I'm... Feeling the after effects of your song. Channeling pond there. Ooh. Hello. Hello. (laughs) The iPlayer does have a, a, a... a monitor of viewing figures for each segment of each each program they have, and the end of that episode was massively up. <laughs> so were some other things. <laughs> I was trying not to be that oh, obvious. I'm obvious. obvious is the word. <laughs> I'm just in your face, like other fiery young redheads we might know. <laughs> or, or wish we knew, I yes. guess is, yes, is, in my is case, more it. Wish we knew. Anyway, as, as we all begin to sweat slightly, uh, let's move straight into the Newcastle. Hello and welcome to the Oodcast News. Intergalactic news first, and the Weeping Angels are seeing a worrying nosedive in their ability to terrify anyone after it was revealed that they have real problems discerning whether people's eyes are open or not, let alone if they happen to be blinking for a fraction of a second. In most cases, simply drawing a pair of black dots on your eyelids will be enough to totally fool them. As an added bonus, you can sleep at your desk without anyone noticing. Physicists have surmised that the crack in the universe was not down to the removal of essential element of the space-time continuum in the form of Amy Pond, but simply an anomaly caused by a beautiful woman voluntarily jumping the bones of a man in a bow tie. UK News. The Greater London Authority have started advertising for new staff to help with the upkeep of statues around the capital, as hundreds of workers have refused to go anywhere near Trafalgar Square late at night. Staff have been refusing to work in the square since April the 1st, when an internal memo was circulated, explaining that the fourth plinth had never intentionally been left empty, it's just that no one knew what had happened to the angel statue that had been put there. Fans worldwide wait with bated breath to see if episodes 8 and 9 will feature the Merca. In personal news, I looked into the eyes of an angel ten minutes ago. I can't believe I was so asinine. Immediately afterwards, I ate seven donuts until I was six. Five minutes later, I remember I'd gotten them for free to give to my friends because I'd won a competition. Then I had a Coke Zero. The RSPSM, Royal Society for the Protection of Statues and Monuments, have issued a statement complaining about the unnecessary mistreatment of thousands of stone angels in Saturday evening's episode of Doctor Who. A BBC spokesman responded to the complaint saying, What stone angels? There were never any stone angels in the episode. Graham Norton fans have written to the BBC asking for an explanation why Doctor Who was the only show his face did not appear on this weekend. The BBC Complaints Department have confirmed that they did indeed receive three letters on the subject, but they weren't going to reply because they're just as sick of hearing about him as we are. And finally, the Earth is expecting an imminent all-out attack by the Daleks. They are reportedly furious with the United Kingdom's Green Party for representing them in their election video as the UK's three main political parties. Embarrassingly for the Green Party, this means their actions have led to the total annihilation of the planet. Broadcast News.
Well then, so what did we think of Flesh and Stone? <gasps> Brilliant! Oh, wasn't it? No, it wasn't that. Yeah, yeah it Chris was. Yeah, out. it really oh. was. <laughs> yeah, once again, the Oodcast is unanimous, I think, then, because I also thought it was amazing. I thought it was a fantastic mixture of um, scare after scare after scare, skillfully scary all the way through. And um, the intricacy of it was amazing. That line, it's a forest in a bottle in a spaceship in a maze. Have I impressed you yet? Oh, yes, Mr. Moff, you have. See, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure it was the episode that was intricate. I think it was the, the language that he used that was intricate because the plot was actually really simple and brilliantly simple. I think everybody's expecting masses and masses of twists. And actually, there weren't that many twists. It was just quite a simple. And then the ending was just brilliantly easy, but really difficult. It sort of it, it took a mind that was way out of everybody else's league to work out that what the angels were doing was going to kill themselves. Mm. So just hold on. I, that was incredible. And yeah. it wasn't a cheat ending, was it? Because no, he, no. he seeded the idea that the gravity was going in that direction within the first few sentences of the episode and then used that knowledge to defeat the enemy at the end of the episode. You can't feel at all that you've been cheated because mm. he tells you right at the beginning that the entire episode is essentially being played out on straight up a chimney and being held oh, there by the power yeah. of the ship. It's told You're told that immediately. Yeah, so and Amy you, does say, well, what happens if the gravity fails? And he says, well, we all fall to our death. I've thought yeah. about that. Yeah, I've thought about that. <laughs> and we'll all plunge to our deaths. I can't say I haven't thought about it. I'm quite intrigued as to how they get back out afterwards. I mean, he says that there's lots of bruises involved, but we know they don't have climbing equipment and we know there's no power for them to open up the top of the ship. So presumably they just have to go out the way they came with lots and lots of really long drops. Yeah, but the, the person who complains about bruises is Amy, isn't it? And she'd escaped from the ship with her eyes closed, despite the doctor telling her she didn't have to have her eyes closed anymore. Actually, uh, Laura, I think you'll find that the <laughs> angels fell into the time anomaly and therefore were wiped from existence. So they never sucked the energy from the ship in the first place and energy would have been restored. Ah. Um, so th- I think you'll find. <laughs> so the bumps and bruises are just basically where Amy was walking into the comfy into chairs trees. and so forth. Trees and comfy <laughs> chairs. That's right, yeah. Uh, that was one of my standout moments when he's, when, when the doctor says, oh, I made him say comfy chairs. I love that. <laughs> I made <laughs> him say... <laughs> Hi, angels. How's it hanging? <laughs> no, was it? Hi, angels. What's your problem? No, we're just hanging. It's nice here. Get a life, Bob. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, some cracking, some cracking dialogue throughout this one. He uses humour to put plot points across. So that first joke about the gravity we're all going to fall to death is just a little joke, but it turns out to be tremendously important. I just wanted to say that I thought the script was brilliant as usual. Even the incidental characters, the different soldiers they all had a different personality sort of some incredulous about whether they were ever going to escape others of them very sort of staunch in their regard for their leader um and I thought that was really well drawn out I also thought the character of the bishop was wonderful very very noble father Octavian is actually yeah Mm. father Octavian Mm. and the scene where he Mm. um the scene where he's being grasped by the angel it do, does put you in that frame of mind where you think, if I knew my death was inevitable in the next split second and I could put it off for a couple more minutes if I wanted or I could just go now, you know, what could I say, what could I do that would sum up my life? And I thought the speech that he gave did a 
good job of that. And also Matt Smith's reaction to it, tears that, in his eyes. It's very moving. Scene. So, so really quite a moving scene. I love that. Matt Smith is turning into a really well-rounded doctor now because that, I mean, that scene where he's got tears in his eyes and he knows he can't save Father Octavian, that was beautifully played. And then there's other bits where um, his rage at the angels when they tell him that they're making Amy scared for fun you know, that real outragedness that he plays is so beautiful. But he's got a way of underplaying when he acts. And it's so much more powerful for that. But also this other great thing that uh, Doctor Number 11 is doing, he he thinks by talking out loud. And he tells his enemies, if you, if you don't want me to defeat you, then shut me up. <laughs> don't let that, me talk. There's that brilliant bit. They say, what's the plan? He goes, I don't know. I haven't finished talking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the, the, yeah, the, the bit, you're talking about the bit where the angels kind of have him by the back of his collar, aren't you? And he said, if, if, if you really wanted to catch me, you should have stopped me talking. And he's out into the forest. He's out there. Yeah. yeah. What do we think about the angels, by the way? Because I mean, I thought when they started to move, when you saw them start to slowly move, mm. that was really creepy to me. But I have read on various online discussions that some people thought it was a bit rubbish. No, they're, they're wrong. They're completely wrong. Yeah, I wrong. thought they were. I just... They're because... wrong. And not only that, one of the scariest moments of the episode where the lights go out in the tunnel and you see the angel In staccato flashes. Yeah, yeah just um, and yeah, yeah. The, the, where it's head and shoulders appearing into the oh, tunnel. Oh, that was goodness. terrifying. Oh, look, I've got goosebumps all I, over I me, I should guys. point look. out that the people I read yeah, who have. said that they looked a bit rubbish also thought both of the episodes were rubbish too. Oh, well, they're so wrong. They I, can sit I on it I guess they were wrong from that. Okay, I guess we should try and do a bit of a balanced view and I think the only thing that weakened the angels as a returning monster I guess is the thing that I alluded to in my news headline which was the slightly feeble explanation as to why the angels were stoned when Amy had her eyes closed Mm. now I take the explanation that they were running they weren't interested in killing her they were running running in panic and the only reason Mm. you couldn't see they were in a panic is because they froze into stone but actually they were fleeing for their lives at that point and so the last thing on their mind was killing amy and just their instincts took over and they froze into stone when she approached but on the other side that doesn't quite make sense because in blink the 10th doctor says that it's a fact of their biology that they freeze into stone so some sort of mystical thing that as soon as anyone looks at them they are stone. What what I didn't get is when Amy is sort of on the floor and is trying to move away, she's not looking at them. They're all behind her, so why didn't they move? They did. More than just slowly turn their head. I, I know they were sort of they weren't concentrating on her, so they were just assuming that they were being looked at, which is what the doctor told her. But mm, the bit know. where they move works for me because it's like they're slowly realizing that she can't see them and that's it's almost like a tentative move. It's a slow no, she can't see us, can she? Aha, we've got her. And then she gets teleported. That, that works for me. Doesn't make a stitch of difference to me at the end. No, it's still no, a brilliant no. episode. So here's how I'm going to choose to think of it. They're panicking. And for some reason, while they're panicking, they activate their defense mechanism and they, they just tense into stone. And then they start thinking, they start calming down. They realize they can move and they go after her. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it has slight inconsistencies, but not enough for me to ruin the episode. I've mm. read some people that are going, right, 
doesn't work anymore. Mm. And you're like, well, no, he's given an explanation. Yeah, but anything, if you look at it closely enough, is not going to work anymore. That's the whole point of having fiction, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a man who travels in a police box through time <laughs> and space. I mean, come on. Yeah, the, I, do, I do question if, if that is all you have a problem with. And you don't have a problem with the fact that this is set on a completely different planet in a starship that's upside down, but they're still the right way up. Basically, I tripped up on the point of Amy not being able to see the angels and the angels turning to stone. But I think the explanation's there. It's just that a few more lines of explanation, a few or something just setting the situation up would have made that scene work. Because the idea of the companion on her own in a forest in the dark with the lights going out having to walk past a load of weeping angels with her eyes closed is one of the most terrifying things set up in the series mm. ever and uh, so you know you've got to have it in there it's a, it's a question of making it work a little bit better but I'm going to let it pass you know, yeah. I, d- I didn't notice it the first time because I was caught up in the, in the story in the and maybe that's what they kind of I, I only really noticed it the second time I watched it so. And in the spirit of being caught up in the excitement of, in, of the story, there are two things that I think I'd really like to discuss. One of them was what, something that Chris Sigma noticed. Um, it was either a continuity error mm. or one of the most brilliant pieces of story arcing that we've seen. So go on, Chris, hit us. When the Doctor leaves Amy, he hasn't got his jacket on. When he comes back, not only is he not prickly and sort of a little bit dismissive of her, as is the relationship they've set up so far. He's incredibly supportive and loving, and he's wearing his jacket again. Mm. So is this a uh, a, a later doctor? To late, yeah. But why has he got the jacket sleeves rolled up? Oh, it's a short sleeve jacket. Ah, new but jacket. There's the whole issue where he slowly realizes that time can be rewritten. It makes you think what other sections of his life is he going to rewrite can this he only rewrite the elements since he first took amy can and he... will it fit into my unified theory of time <laughs> travel or will i have <laughs> to completely rewrite it something's going on something big style isn't it because he references the fact no one can remember the cyber king and something about the duck pond and that amy can't rem- can't remember the daleks i wonder if it's just amy or whether it's the whole world i thought that was the point i thought they the the reference was supposedly saying that some of these events have been dragged into this crack so right. nobody remembers it because it didn't happen yeah. as far as they were concerned. So what is the moth going to do? Is he going to rewrite Doctor Who lore is, or is he going to just use it as a big plot point for his series? I wonder whether it's just a way of kind of marking a difference. I think it was a bit silly that everyone knew about aliens. There wasn't that sort of wonder when the Doctor arrived anymore. Dalek, Cyberman, we've had it all. This is a way of keeping it in canon and still not having everyone on Earth know. I think it's a brilliant brilliant, uh, sort of explanation. But I also have to say it's looking quite like the reason is that Amy has been taken out of her timeline, which I believe I said a few weeks ago. Mm. So um, I'm going to give a cautionary punch in the air. And I'll take that back if it turns out I'm completely wrong. Yeah, and I went, yeah, but that's true of every single companion, isn't it? And you went, well, maybe it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Two paths diverged in a wood, and I, (laughs) I went off with the Time Lord. (laughs) Anyway. Do you think this could have anything to do with River? Because we found him, well, we didn't really find anything out, did we? Except that possibly she kills him. Mm. River Pond. Hey, hey, just saying those two words. Some crazy ass people seem to think the river is Jenny, the doctor's daughter. What? 
I've I've seen theories that range from uh, River is Amy in the future, uh, River is his mother, which clearly we kind of know is probably no, not it's that true. white lady surely from the last yeah. series. Um, it's one asking whether or not it could be Susan, his granddaughter. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, Somebody well, else suggested it was Donna. The most persuasive argument I've heard is that River and the Doctor are the parents of Amy. Because uh, if you go back to the first episode, Amy says that her parents are gone, not dead. Mm. My parents aren't here anymore. Yeah, and she's yes. in a house on her own, and that was significant. She's out it? of time. There's loads of there's loads of bits in it where she's she's sort of out of the time that she should be, and she, as if she's been plonked there. So, mm. and there's also the bit which we haven't seen yet of the young Amy raising her face as the TARDIS light is seen and the sound is heard in daylight. Uh, so I he obviously thought, goes back to her at some no, point. I thought that was her dreaming before he Yeah, that's why it's framed like in that scene. But yeah. I reckon some brilliant Moffat mm. writing is put there. Something's going to happen. He's going to go back and visit so, her. So if the finale is called uh, The Doctor's Two Daughters, <laughs> we will know what happens. Yep. Uh, what, what about the bedroom scene? I was just oh about to say. <laughs> were, were we hideously disgusted by it? Or? No, no, I thought it was just brilliant. Because all this subtext, all this, are they you know, in yeah. a relationship? Why doesn't anyone ever throw themselves at him? <laughs> and she just does. And that makes him incredibly doctory. You know, and because that's... That, it, I just, his it's reaction was perfectly doctor, wasn't it, it? It makes her more human as well, because that, yeah. to me, that sort of... Every time Rose got saved, she was always sort of a bit simpery and a bit kind of, oh, you're wonderful, Doctor. Thank you for saving me. You're my and best friend. Donna was all kind of, what did you put me in that situation for, you idiot? Mm-hmm. And, I bloody love you. <laughs> every, everybody, yeah, everybody's <laughs> first reaction on escaping some kind of really dangerous situation to, is to look for some kind of comfort, not necessarily to shout at someone. And she, uh, Amy decides to try and get the comfort that she wants. Mm. And that, that's... I, I thought good. it was brilliantly played and really well scripted. Um, I was a bit surprised that it went as far as it did. Uh, but in all family, cloaked in, a, in language. Go back and yeah. look at the language. There is nothing. If you don't know what they're talking about, there is no way uh, that you can yes, find it Yes, but the physicality out. of it is, you know, she she pounces on him and then she goes on the bed and, and sort of like, she says, yes. Oh, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? Well, Not do you know you what know I what thought when she jumped about. back on the bed? Do you know what I thought when she jumped back on the bed? I thought... Her trainers were really muddy and she's I got know, a lovely cover well. and she's I going th- to get it all oh, over the sequence. Quick plug there. Her trainers are actually black spot trainers, not converse. Black spot are completely organic, completely oh, fair yeah. trade, ethical How brand. Do you know? of, because one of my friends, Kevin, told me, uh, and <laughs> I, 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 I love these trainers. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think this is great because mm. obviously the 10th Doctor rocked the... Earth raping Converse shoes. Oh, they're Nike, aren't they? Yeah, they're Nike. And and Amy wears Black Spot, which is completely ethical and fair trade. Uh, they're at adbusters.org if you oh. want a pair of your own. They're and by brilliant. the way, Kevin, I don't think you're a geek. Neither is Rhea, his brilliant girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I love the scene. I just thought, yeah, come on, get it out in the open. There's all this brouhaha about, oh, um, Matt Smith and Karen Gillan an item. And certainly in the confidential, they've got a lot of They've got a lot of chemistry between them. That yeah. sort of I don't think they're an item, though. They're like brother so and they're, sister. They're, they're, it's really they're like nice. brother and sister yeah. who kind of look at each other meaningfully a lot. Southern brother and sister. They've, they've spent every day with each other for the last nine months. I think so you get they, very close. They with said people. the same thing with, with Billy Piper and David Tennant, didn't they? And Billy Piper and Matt Smith. 
Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. They were seen holding hands after the what was the thing that Billy was in where she was a Victorian oh, detective? Oh, the ruby oh, in the yeah. smoke. Yeah, oh. he was in that, and they had a bit of relationship afterwards. Ooh. So this is a, this is a, an ongoing project for Matt Smith. The shippers <laughs> are going to have a field day. Yeah, they will. So my absolute favourite thing about the scene was the well-rehearsed, I'm always going to stay the same and you humans, you're so, your lives are so brief, you're going to get older and wither away and I can't take it. And Amy's like, this you're is just for tonight. You're a gentleman, but I didn't have that much of a long relationship in mind. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that what, a, a certain national newspaper, um, who I won't tell you is called the Daily Mail, complained about the amount of double entendres in it and what did you want her to say come on big boy get on the bed like it just doesn't make any sense it was absolutely perfect and as andrew said just showed that the writer of coupling was definitely the writer of this episode (laughs) in a brilliant way so uh all in all folks let's do our one word assessment because i like doing them what do we think scorching (laughs) brilliant indescribably brilliant that's hyphenated Elegant, I'm going to go for. Yes, I like that. I have to say, only in Doctor Who will you have a conversation between a a man and another man who is in the process of having his neck snapped. Mm. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Attention, everyone. Can, Can I have your attention, please? Yes, um, Miriam, Miriam, could you put down the Victoria sponge for a second? Give me your attention, dear. And this will only take a minute and we can get back to all the fun. Right. Well, as church secretary, it falls to me to welcome you to this, our 3,000th annual church fete. And hasn't it turned out nice again? I was joking to the wife earlier that blow me if it doesn't always rain over the fete weekend. That or we get attacked by mutants. It's sod's law, it really is. But it's turned out glorious. So do take a moment to visit the refreshment store where the ladies of the church will be more than happy to serve you either tea or coffee with a biscuit of your choice for the princely sum of 20p. Guess the number of Werther's original in the jar and you'll get a top-up inoculation for the radiation poisoning absolutely free. David has asked me to mention the raffle again. We've got a great spread of lovely prizes, including some seasonal daffodil bulbs, several small plasma rifles, and a UD4 LXR Cheney utility dropship, kindly donated by the vicar. That's 30 pence per ticket, or a strip of five for a pound. As always, we've got a number of sideshows for you to try your hand at. Whack a Cybermat, very popular. Pin the pin on the grenade. The Steady Hand Challenge, which is, again, not, I repeat, not open to those with cybernetic hands. And last but not least, play your cards right, or we'll shoot you. Do have a go. All funds raised will go towards the church's escalating military campaign against alien threats to humanity. And we're trying to get the church hall roof done. Which reminds me, the treasurer has asked me to pass on our thanks to whoever anonymously donated the two beautiful angel statues to the Tombola. They really are magnificent. Pick out a ticket ending in a zero or a five to have a chance of winning them. Although how you're going to get them home is anybody's guess. 
Oh, an another quick announcement. I've just been handed a message. Would the owner of the blue hover Volvo, registration number R142KA, that's Romeo 14 2 Kilo Alpha, please go to the docking site. Your self-destruct warning is going off. Right, well, that's enough from me. You don't want me rabbiting on all day. But before I go, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that this coming Wednesday, the Scouts are holding their usual ultimate hand-to-hand -hand cage death match jamboree against some ogrons. That's to raise money for new uniforms. Well, I really will stop talking now, so I do hope you enjoy the rest of the day and God bless. So if you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Oodcast and you'd like to know more about our thoughts and, in fact, what we've maybe said in the past, you can find us at www.theoodcast.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash theoodcast by email at oodcast at me.com that's right. And also on Twitter at twitter.com slash theoodcast, all one word, all lowercase. And I just want to say about the website quickly that we've published a music video to one of Laura's songs, The Beast Below. Uh, we've cut together bits from the episode to sort of give the story element to it. And I think it's looking quite good. It's a good summary of the entire episode, it's actually. It's it is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Donking. So if you could put a comment on there and tell us which of the songs you'd like to see a music video of next. We might even get Laura lip syncing in there at some point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Not the face. That's all for this week, then. Bye. 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 And now to finish, here's Mike Skinner talking about his brief cameo in last week's show. This is going out to all my angels. In one single moment, your whole view can spin round. I stand there in the centre, mouthing words without a sound. Looking to the left slightly, then looking back down. Well, feels like it's reeling proper tightly wound. Please, can you tell me why I suddenly feel mistrust? Transported to a park with no time to adjust. It's just something like this is a move to discuss. Pack a picnic, make some sarnies and then cut off the crust. I look at you, you stare almost straight back at me. But your lips curl up, like you're laughing right at me. I think about the stars for what seems an eternity. Trapped in a rocket, now I'm finally free. Wipe your lips, mate. I know it's hard to take, but your mind has been messed up. You can't see the ship or the trees. Wipe your lips, mate. I know you thought that you were in there when she kissed you But you've got to clear your head now, it's over So then I see a man and he's flanked by two clerics His frowning now is wiping away your lipstick He looks concerned and then shouts for a medic Apparently your kiss is hallucinogenic Cause I can't imagine why you would do this to me There's things I just imagined doing Stuff I just imagined seeing Escape weren't supposed to be easy, surely Please, please, I beg you, please She brings her hands up, now she's gonna be arrested She tells us to hang on now with the boldness she's blessed with She blows away the airlock, looks at me and then gestures Flows off into space, away from my life, into hers Wipe your lips, mate I know it's hard to take, but your mind has been messed up 
You can't see the shit for the trees Wipe your lips, mate I know you thought that you were in there when she kissed you But you've got to clear your head now It's over